0: Welcome back to Terminal Satan. This is episode 61. I'm your host, Jake Ledoux, and with me I have Meso Masada. That's us.
1: Yeah. Email us at contact at com with your Everything but loon picks. And loon Everything picks, but loon picks. Loon picks are at loon at terminal satan.com. Picks
0: or evidence.
1: Evidence. Of any kind. It has Documents. to be
0: legally, you know, like usable in court though.
1: Yes, yeah. That's legally a hold up usable in, court. in court. Yep. Any 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 like um technical write ups, any um journal articles need to be uh, peer reviewed. Yeah. Uh, by a committee, the Loon Committee. Loon Evidence Committee. The yeah, Lick.
0: not like any sort of like internal study or something like that no, from you know Loon no. Loon Church or whatever. Yep. We need controlled environments, we need data. Yeah. all properly
1: authorized shit.
0: We'll review that. We'll review any information that comes in. How's yes. it going this this week, Mesra?
1: Um, how are you doing? Up and down, been a, quite of a roller coaster. You know, mm-hmm. good things here, good things there, bad things here. I put it down over there, and then
0: I'm and now I'm there. Yeah, that's quite the map of how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm excited because it's September now. Uh, so uh, fall is what you're excited for. In a way, yeah. Well, so, you, you know, it's gonna for? be a lot cooler, which is great. Then yeah, you're yeah. right. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting things that are just going to be in, in our lives, and especially in my life, that's going to be happening in September. I'm oh. just really excited about a lot of stuff. Oh. Like it kicks it off with, I, I believe, right after this podcast comes out, we're going to have a three day weekend. Oh, that's yeah. That's great. That's, that's always great. Labor good. Day. Pretty awesome. And then um, after that, uh, we might be hanging out with a friend here. And then I'm going to be going out to LA. I'm going to take a week off of work, which is fantastic. Wow. That's going to be so much fun. I get to have In and Out again, <laughs> you know? That's, I love In N Out. It's been so many years. It's been sm- five years. You gotta
1: smuggle me a sandwich so I can like see what it's
0: like. <laughs> I just bring you back like a three day old sandwich from In N Out. I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll, uh, maybe I can get some tinfoil and then, you know, put it in my bag. Yeah, that yeah. might not be allowed. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, so we got all that. And then obviously I have my birthday. That's gonna be fun. Oh, Giving you that, that warm up reminder <laughs> <laughs> this year. <laughs> Uh, a little warning here. And then um, you've got something coming in the mail that you know we won't discuss, but it's going to make September even better. Yeah, that's one of those downs that I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Not when it arrives, but no, in, no, the, when it arrives, in the it'll meantime.
1: A, uh, it'll, when, it, when it comes here, it'll be an up, but yeah. it was a down when it happened.
0: But that's a lot of good stuff, dude. I'm excited for September. It's going to be a good month. Good month? It, it's a bummer because in the beginning of September, there's going to be a, um, a concert, Carpenter Brute, one of my favorite bands, is going to be in Boston and i really wanted to go but honestly i can't justify it with the amount of money i'm spending on other stuff in september oh. so unfortunately i'm going to probably skip it this time oh that is a bar. I, I was really excited to see him wow so next time around next time around it could be even even better month you know
1: uh, the next time they
0: come if i went to the concert uh, <laughs> but you I know see. limited finances yeah limited finances so last time we talked we closed out with um i was talking about showing you some new movies Oh, that yeah. Mezra is the introduction to culture. Yes. And so we've already started on that route. We've started the journey. We've, we've done started the first movie. The,
1: and now we will start our Mezra segment, the Mezra Reviews. Culture. Culture. <laughs> cultural movies. Is it
0: good? Is it bad? Do we need it?
1: Mezra will determine this and you, know, you guys will follow suit. So if you liked any of these movies and I say it's bad, you have to not like it anymore. Yes. So... Episode one. <laughs> Episode one. We have started with um, cult classic RoboCop. He's a cop. The
0: original RoboCop. The original RoboCop. Not the um Shit Michael hunt. Bay remake. Was it, that wasn't, yeah, You I get what you're saying. <laughs> this, whatever it was in 2014. There's only one good element of that movie. And that was that scene where like they zoomed out from his face and they showed that he was missing the rest of his body. Oh yeah. That was pretty sweet. I had fun with it, but that's because Everything I didn't see the original. Because you were t- 14 years old when you watched it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I had fun with it at the time. But dude, yeah, the original Robocop, lot of, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, it's a fast-paced movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, this is kind of spoilers. And normally you shouldn't really care about an action movie from the 80s. But in this case, I think you should just try to avoid the spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. You should just do yourself the favor. It's not even a long movie. Go and watch it. You're going to have a blast. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Would you agree with that measure? Yeah, I, I would. I completely agree with that.
1: So definitely, if, if you watch. haven't
0: watched it, skip ahead to measure. will insert the timestamp.
1: Oh shit! Shit. Okay, that's me. That's my job. Um, it's uh 22 minutes 33 seconds. Skip to then, if you don't wanna. Um, okay, it might be a little later now that the time is. Oh fuck. Okay, maybe go like 22, 23 minutes, and then revi- rewind a little bit, and that'll be more like. Because I'm editing it as I'm recording. Oh, it's gonna be fuck. Oh shit, I have to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so now we're in spoiler zone. We're gonna uh, talk about the movie. Way. All right. Okay.
1: It, it started off zero to hundred pretty pretty quickly. I felt like um we were already getting into our groove. It set the stage pretty well. It did these like fake news news topics. They're they're talking about the the state of the country, right? Yeah. I don't remember.
0: We're talking about like dead cops and oh right, dead cops. And, the, cops, and the way Stein. that they would like talk about something tragic and then just smile and move on to the next yeah, thing, just yeah. jumping around yep. so insensitively was really fun. And in the beginning, they sort of like it feels like it's going to be a bad action movie. Is what it feels like. Right, right. There's so many funny little quirky things that they do. It's really <laughs> awkward in the beginning. Yeah. He likes you know he gets in the cop car and spins out his tire He keeps saying like dumb one liners and everything. Yeah. So many elements that you just think it's going to be shit. And then they completely do a one eighty there, where like they brutally slowly dismember him and kill him. Yeah, you know, when, yeah. the bad guys, no, the I, main character. I think the
1: first wasn't the first death. The um, the machine in the um, they were discussing um potential new military police options. Oh, you're right.
0: And then they show like, Ed two hundred nine. That's what it RoboCop. So, Not the, the robot cop. The big robot. <laughs> the original before they decided to do the RoboCop program. Yeah. So this this asshole is like, okay, I have this.
1: I've been working on this for for years, and he pulls out this like big mech suit looking thing, yeah, and then completely slaughters one of them. And he's like, "Ta-da!" And they're like, "Okay, we're not we're not <laughs> gonna do that." And he's yeah. he's visibly angry that they're not choosing his option instead of being like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that was obviously not." I know, and it, it completely
0: murders somebody in the demonstration. And he's like, "Oh, a minor setback." You know, he's more annoyed that yeah, like you said, that they're not picking him than it actually just killed somebody right in front of him. Yeah. Because he's not only thinking about making this for the police, he's like, we are going to own the military. We're going to sell this to the military for the next ten plus years. Yep, yep. Did you did you see that coming? Like, just how quickly it just went into chaos there? Um, I will. I kind of did. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is going to go south. Yeah, like
1: I already knew as soon
0: as that robot comes out, you're yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah,
1: and um, I, I could tell that. I know that. I knew. I knew before watching the movie that that thing was like stop motion, mm-hmm. and people like complimented how well it worked. I honestly thought it was a little jank.
0: It was, stop motion is never going to be seamless. It's always going to look like stop motion.
1: Yeah, it is. And like, it's a great art, but I mm-hmm. have always seen it as slightly flawed. Like, I don't always sure. buy stop motion. Um, but his death, like the character's death in that scene was really good. Yeah. Like, I, I actually thought that was, like, the practical effects were. His like with the squibs the and squibs, the blood, dude. they were well done,
0: and they held on it for so long. He was just tearing just him destroyed. apart, destroyed. And then uh, I love how after like the smoke clears a little bit, they're like, "Somebody call a medic!" Yeah, <laughs> it's like this dude's <laughs> completely just ripped to shreds. Eradicated. There's nothing left.
1: Yeah, that, that's 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 another thing. Like in, in most times when you see like squibs being used or someone getting shot or whatever, it's like a quick, couple second things. But this is like, oh, no, we're gonna you're gonna watch them him so slowly get shot,
2: like a lot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, fantastic! Very well done. I also love how, like, when Ed Two O Nine comes back later, it's because RoboCop parked his car on like private property, and I love how Ed Two O Nine immediately, anytime any offense is done, he's like, "You have twenty seconds to comply." And yeah. if you don't,
1: he kills you. Yeah. Like that's a
0: cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's oh, like a yeah. real cop. Protect and serve. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the execution of RoboCop himself? You know when it was first introduced and everything.
1: So I noticed, unlike a lot of other movies, they didn't do almost any foreshadowing. Um, not foreshadowing. They didn't do any. Um, they didn't lay out what they were gonna do. I feel like. I feel like they didn't establish like, oh, we're gonna turn somebody into a cop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it was a it was a real surprise. You're like, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah, you just I, see
0: it happening in real time, yeah. first person, which is kind of odd for a movie of the time.
1: Yeah, and I thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. I liked that whole sequence. Of them turning him into a robot, like it was. It was. I mean, people who have seen the movie, like probably have seen the trailers yeah. and know what it's going to be. So they didn't spend time elaborating on the yes. plans and everything. They were just like, "Oh, we did it. That's it. There that's, he
0: is." That's my favorite thing about this movie: is the pacing is so spot on. Yeah, it no, it doesn't ever want to waste your time. It wants to keep going to the next thing and keep entertaining you, which yeah. is amazing.
1: I I really I enjoyed that. I didn't feel like. Oh, they're gonna do a this segment, and uh, we're gonna have to put the other plot on hold Mm -hmm. so that we can do some other exposition. Exactly, like Like, the B
0: story or whatever they don't care about. I've
1: never cared about the B story of most movies. There wasn't
0: even like the closest thing to a B story in this movie was like the whole corporate infighting stuff. Yeah, but that was so relevant to the main story that it and it was interesting too. And there was very little of it.
2: Yeah, I agree. So there
0: wasn't like an actual like oh now we gotta go back to this thing. Like an analogy for that would be. Like the last Jedi when that came out, mm-hmm. it was like we had the interesting stuff with Ray and Luke that we've waited for forever. And then they cut back to Finn and that other lady on in the casino planet, like doing random shit that nobody cared about.
1: Everyone was so mad. They're like, I don't, there's no reason for this to happen. Like, I, no, it was so it's just unnecessary. Filler. It was awful. It was really bad.
0: But going back to Robocop, I just thought, you know, because Robocop himself, you know, it's a man in a suit and like not even like there's there's nothing fancy about it. He's just wearing a suit, yeah, right? he is. Yeah. So it's like, it could be so lame and underwhelming, but something about it is like it's campy and it's funny, but it's also kind of badass at the same time. <laughs> the way he walks around a robot like, and like they play that one sound effect every single footstep he takes. It's like, <laughs> it's so awesome. It's like he's got like kick drums in his feet. I love it. If I'm, I wasn't the most sold on
1: it. I mm-hmm. liked the holster in the like thing.
0: Yes. I really, that was and really the way really he'd neat. spin his gun every single time. I, d- I didn't think that part was I awesome. thought that was awesome. <laughs> I didn't think he needed that. But um, if, if I'm being honest,
1: something that was distracting me, it was his like eye visor was a little low relative to his though. mouth. It wasn't, It wasn't. It kind of
0: was. You pointed it out and I was looking at it and I'm like, no, that's where eyes are. That's where the eyes are. He's literally using that. To, the actor's using that to see. That's well, where his eyes are. Well, I think like the thickness of that visor... Like covering up most of his nose, mm-hmm. I think
1: that's what screwed it up for me. It looked like eyes and mouth, and then <laughs> it <looked> really low under. <laughs> Fair on enough.
2: All, all I, I didn't all get that
1: effect, but I see what you're saying. I'm, I know I'm, I'm nitpicking here because it's a it's a classic design, mm-hmm. but I'm just like, I don't know. I was a little underwhelmed, but like I, I didn't I didn't get the presence as much oh, as I okay. probably should have. But I got the. But here's the thing, though. I got the character more than the presence. I got what he was doing.
0: One thing I really love about the design of this Robocop as opposed to the newer Robocop, and forgive me because my memory of that is pretty foggy at this point, but that one was more of like, it's a superman. Like He can run faster, he's more acrobatic, he's stronger, all all those kind of things. But like this Robocop is just a juggernaut. He walks super slowly. He's not like quick. He's not agile. Yeah. But he can take a beating and he can really fuck you up once he g- actually gets to you. Yeah, yeah So yeah. he's like this slow threat that's closing in on everybody, which is really fun.
1: That is fun. I did. I remember liking the the way the, the newer Robocop was done. But that style of Robocop, where he's more like I'm
0: just gonna get to you and yeah. you're gonna like you just gonna, you can do whatever you want. I'm gonna find you. That was great. Also I love how like you know, they, they create him, they show they bring him to the police department. He sits down for a second, you know, maybe eats his baby food, <laughs> gets up, and then goes to solve karate. Yeah. No, so funny. It <laughs> was like, see ya. He was just like, all right, I'm off to do my <laughs> business.
1: And it was like he just gets no... in the
0: car and leaves.
1: Yeah, like your expected implication would be like, oh hey, we just got like the cheesy thing to do. Be, yeah. We just got a call. There's a bank robbery it's, on Broad Yeah, they, and they he's always like, want to set it up usually. My way. No, but he was just like, All right, I'm off. <laughs> I'm deployed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: And he just goes and th- that guy's trying to rob a store. Yep. Yep. He just walks up, bends his barrel of his gun and whacks and him wax instantly him. dead. That was so good. And then
1: he didn't arrest him or say like the Miranda rights. And he just no. like, you've been robocop.
0: And then he, <laughs> yeah. Left. And then he turns around to the people was like, thank you for your cooperation <laughs> and leaves. <laughs> Doesn't clean up or like ask them if they're okay. He just yeah, leaves. Yeah, just beats <laughs> the guy. And then and he's leave. off. To- and then uh, the funny thing is like they show him walk away. And they immediately cut him to him driving to the next crime. <laughs> yeah. Like this is just his daily job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just on the oh, I love how they don't they don't overdo it, you know? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. just like, no, this is just a man who's who's a cop. He's going <laughs> to do crime. That's all he cares about. There's no in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was it was very well done. Oh my god.
1: I don't have any major complaints about the movie, like at all. Mm-hmm. Like it was a great movie, period.
0: Yeah, all the way through. Mm-hmm. Oh man! I actually, here's the
1: thing. I was making fun of a lot of like the the main villains or bad guys, antagonists. Yes, I was making fun of most of them. I actually really liked the main antagonist. I thought he was really he's he was sold, really effective. He sold the character very well. It's like, oh, I hate that guy. He's doing a great job yeah. at being disliked. And they don't both.
0: make him look like your your rugged villain. You know, yeah. he just looks like a low life. He yep. looks like a piece of shit. Yeah, he's running this crime ring. It's exactly. Tight. It was
1: sold. It was sold really well. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't need to play up. I'm the big bad. He just did what he wanted at all times. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting work done, and it was. It was great. I thought the main villain was really well done.
0: Yeah, and that was represented well when he like after he was attacked by Robocop and he goes to Dick Jones, like the the actual main antagonist mm-hmm. of the movie. He's like, no, fuck it. I'm out. I'm done with this. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then Dick Jones is like, well, here's the situation where you can make a lot of money. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he he has his desires. He's not doing this because he's a bad guy. He's doing this because he wants to make money. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, it's not like a meta level or anything like that. And the ending, you know, they they do that whole thing with like directive four. He can't attack anybody from OCP, any OCP employees. Yeah. And so like Dick Jones is an OCP employee, so he can't like. Commit justice on the bad guy, right? Right, right. And if you'd think that normally would draw that out to be like this long thing and he has to try to get around it somehow or he right. pushes through it because he's actually Murphy and he can override it. Right. But no, it's just like the CEO is like, Dick, you're fired. <laughs> and he's like, Thank you. And he yeah. just kills him immediately. So, that
1: was so well done. That was so amazing. Oh, that was so good. It was so quick. It was so, that's why it was good. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of like that better. I like, um, I'd I'd like that story writing where I'm gonna build up this huge conflict and you're like oh and you're expecting it to be a big thing yeah and then he solves it they resolve it they solve they the problems like regular quick.
0: people oh my god well and, then, and then immediately he's like what's your name son Murphy the end the end Robocop like no wasted time anywhere they never unpack anything nope. they just move on yeah they go to the next thing I was mass uh, not masterpiece really 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 good really good I just it's just they 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 let you enjoy it yes they
1: gave you what you wanted and they called it a day.
0: Exactly. That's see that's one of those qualities and not all 80s movies. There's like any decade, there's tons of shit movies, way more shit movies than good movies. But the good movies of the 80s like they were just that. They were like kind of lower budget but like mid-budget movies where they just did something cool to entertain you. They're they're not trying to set up a franchise. They're not trying to you know appeal to mass markets. They're like no, here's the one thing we want to do. Let's go do that. And then sometimes it works really well. Yeah. I love that. Okay, we have to wrap with this. What would you give it? One to ten? You know? Oh, one to ten. I think it's hard to rate a movie like that on a one to ten because there's so many different angles you can come gonna at say. it from. Because it it's because it's not serious, right? Right. And there are flaws, but it's so much fun, you know. Okay, um, it's really hard to give it a rating.
1: I guess I'll, I'll give a couple then. Enjoyment was a ten. Like I, I was yeah. enjoyed the I enjoyed it the whole way through.
0: Experience, yeah. Experience
1: was a ten, yeah.
0: Um, Visuals were like not mind blowing, but they had a lot of really well done shots. The practical and they offense, never, yeah. they never did a shot where I'm like I can't tell what's going on or like this is distracting me or anything like that. Yeah. So like it did the job, is which is always the that's the thing that people should focus on before they try to make it beautiful. Like, make sure that your story is told through the visuals. Yeah, and then you can spice it up sometimes. Yeah, I'm glad that they were very pragmatic with that. Their practical effects saved
1: a lot of that sh- of the show. Like, yeah, it really grounded it in in the universe.
0: Mm-hmm. I usually complain when people are like, "Oh, practical effects are the best, and nothing can beat them." I want more practical effects, but you know what? They executed them well the, in this it's, movie. Yeah, it's, it sold it. It was there, was there. Was some good practical effects. Yep, because it was like it was literally real explosions. Blood flying out of people's bodies. Like it was all like real stuff. It was great.
1: Yep. A lot of parts of the movie are like really cartoony. Yeah. And so you're like kind of buying it, you're kind of suspending your disbelief. Exactly. But then when someone gets shot, like when they just shoot someone and like it 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 really pulls you in and you're like, Oh, that happened. Mm -hmm. Like this is real.
0: Um, Yeah, the suspension of disbelief is so high in this movie because you're always aware of how cheesy it is, but at the same time, you're buying into it and you're like, It's also awesome.
2: (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's like
0: both at the same time. Yep. Too many movies are trying to be awesome, but it takes itself too seriously. So like it's like you you're like you have this thing in the back of your head like, oh, they really think that they're so cool. Yeah, and then other movies are just too campy and not cool at all.
1: You're right, this rode the line well. Yeah. I didn't get the, Um. I'd buy that for a dollar. Like, they kept saying that, like, because they're referencing that weird TV show yeah. that they kept showing. What was the reference behind, for There's that? There's not like, a
0: reference there. They're just like, everybody loves this dumb sitcom okay. that makes no sense. Like oh. The sitcom is not meant to entertain you at all. It's meant to be, like, funny that these people are so into it. Yeah, okay. Because remember, right. the whole movie is a satire. Right. Everything it talks about, it's making fun of.
1: Okay, I did think that was funny that they're all, like, dying laughing yeah. at something that's, like, oh, okay.
0: Like there's just this dude on screen who'll cover it. Like there's always boobs around him. Yeah, he's yeah. like, i buy that for a dollar. He's like, oh God. That's a great quote too. I say that a lot around people who've seen Robocop. <laughs> um, I,
1: I, the start of the movie, Murphy's in the car and Lewis, Lewis or whatever is driving yeah. and he's like, he's like, I'm going to do <laughs> the for no reason. Um, and then the other moment of another highlight was the toxic waste scene. I love that oh, scene so much. The
0: makeup was so good. It was so disgusting. That guy's like Ugh!
1: Yeah, he's just a, like he's covered in the waste. He's a, essentially a zombie. Yeah. And then they're like let's just watch him walk
0: around for a bit. Stumble like, around and screw. then he meets up with his friend. He's like oh, ah, get off me. Like, what the fuck is so this? Exists? Like this is not. They didn't need to no do this. No sympathy for him at all. He's like what? Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah, and then so they good. smash him with a car and he explodes in a goo. Yep. Yep. Ah. Uh, Everything, everything he kills off. He
1: kills Clarence with his fist spike. I'm like, that is not what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> what happened. I yeah. thought he'd get his gun and sharpshoot, or like he'd grab him and punch him or something. But no, he just pulls out his fist yeah. spike and just like stabs meh. him. Yeah, yeah. It was very quick. Oh, so good. Good movie. Oh, another part. Um, very um, they all have their special Barretts. Yeah. Like the explosive explosive barretts. barretts. And they pull up into the hallway. These are these are all the antagonists. And um, RoboCop essentially sneaks up on him, throws something. How does
0: RoboCop sneak up on him? I don't anybody? know, he's
1: so slow. He throws like a little, like a rock or a piece of metal or something and he gets them to divert their attention yeah. and then he immediately goes, look for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why did you distract them? It was so
1: cheesy in <laughs> all the best so ways.
0: Like, it's like, he could have just shot
1: them. He could have just started, sh- I would have just like, yeah. I would have just, bah, bah, I would just start ripping them apart, get a couple of them. Yeah, but he had a
0: dunk on them.
1: <laughs> he distracts them and then he goes, looking for me. <laughs> And then he's sl- and then he and then they're all shooting at him and he's
0: slowly walking yes. away. He's like and they're missing barely, all over the place. Barely hitting him. <laughs> he's just slowly like. And one thing that doesn't come across in this podcast is everything he says is way funnier because of his Robocop voice. <laughs> so good. It's so good.
1: He kept doing this thing when he was getting shot or something was happening where he'd like scrunch his neck up and he'd put his arms up. Yes. And it was,
0: he would like twist back and yeah, forth it erratically. It was super like... <laughs> it was just One thing I noticed acting. was cut out of this version of the movie. Was in the scene where like those two sex offenders were like after that woman, yeah, and then like he shoots the guy's dick. Mm -hmm. And the original version, like the guy, that guy's dick was like flaccid, dangling out of his pants (laughs) the whole time, like just flopping around. Great. And then he shoots it, and you see it fly off. It was like very gratuitous. Oh yeah, it was intense. It was really funny. Some some fan there was like a fan recreation of RoboCop where like a different filmmakers would be chosen for every single scene of the movie, and they would recreate it themselves. Yeah. But the people who did that scene. They they started off the, like of a perfect recreation, like flawless costuming, the same location, like it was like as if it was out of the movie. But then he shoots his dick, and then some other guy runs in with his dick out, and he shoots his dick, and then like just hordes of people come in with their <laughs> penises out, and it's just like a bloodbath. They, they extended for like f- like five minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> so that's RoboCop. I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, yep. so next time around we'll talk about the next movie, whatever it'll be. We'll see what we're feeling like at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be more serious, could be equally crazy. But there's not ever going to be another movie like Robocop. A lot of these movies I'm going to show you are like, they're just they're unique. Like there's Robocop 2 and 3, but they kind of are not great. I kind of don't want to see 2 I'd, and 3. I just like stopped 2 in the beginning. I'm like, you know what, I should just... Be happy with what Robocop was.
1: Uh, Yeah, uh, uh, sequels are never the same.
0: And it's never with the same directors either. So, you know, it never could be the same. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll we'll move on now. Because every (laughs) single time I'm like trying to wrap it, we start talking about Robocop (laughs) again.
1: I've also um, just recently finished my Portal 2 playthrough. One and two. One and two. One and two. Probably, I think I'm the first one to finish those games. I think I beat. I I think that's a record time. You're really new to
0: Portal. uh, Sorry, like you're like one of the first people to ever play Portal. I think so. Just came out. You're really early too. I
1: know. I feel like that's
0: that's got to be a record. Yeah, it's what 15 years old now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So let's let's go in order. Okay. What were your thoughts about Portal One? What what stood out to you? What did you? How did it? meet your expectations or, or defy your expectations. Portal 1 was my expectations. Like that's, oh, it, all, everything that's what there, you pictured
1: Portal to be. That's what I, that's yeah. all, that's all of what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's why I'm, I'm really glad you made me do 1-2. 2-1 would have been like, uh. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, it's a,
0: Like it's still, if you played 2 first like I did yeah. and you loved it like I did, coming to Portal 1 is it's, it's a downgrade and it's sad. But once you learn to appreciate it for what it is, it's like it is more Portal and that's awesome, Right. Right. But one going from one to two is just that was so. That's nice. the way to go. <laughs> that
1: was really nice. I was nice just my that. only
0: concern with doing that was like, will one like discourage you from playing two? Thankfully, you liked one enough to keep going. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Continue talking about um, Portal One.
1: No, I I actually really enjoyed Portal One. Um, wait, what, was one where she was assembling it as you were going, or that? No, that, that, was, that was in two. Portal Two. Yeah, that was two. Portal okay. One,
0: everything was pristine. Mm-hmm. GLaDOS talked like a actual robot in the beginning, right? Like completely monotone. Like the, the way they recorded that was they actually originally was gonna have they were gonna have a computer play that part entirely. Yep. Um, but they found out that the licensing costs for that computer were more than just hiring a voice actor. Okay. So they hired Ellen McLean to come in and they would play the computer line and have her imitate it as closely as possible. It's just oh. monotone, no no emotion or anything like that. And it's it's sad doing it now because you don't get the same effect. But in the when that game first came out, you didn't know who GLaDOS was. So you thought it was just some disembodied voice computer program, right? But as it goes on, like the more and more like weird things slip in and you start to be question like is this a who is this? Like what are they doing? What do they want? Right. Um, and then obviously at the end you she cracks and like she becomes actual GLaDOS and starts having a bit of emotion, you know, <laughs> more anger, all that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, real, I, I actually think Gladhouse is my favorite character. I mean, there's only that's not three. controversial. There's only
0: two to pick from, essentially. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, especially in Portal One, there's only one character. <laughs> but what do you think overall about Portal One? Like graphics-wise, puzzle-wise, controls-wise, you know, anything. Uh, it like all that. played really well. Like, okay, um, you think so?
1: I mean, like, I was mostly so- focusing on the puzzles, like because that's all mm-hmm. there is.
0: Did you think the puzzles were were well designed? Did they do like a good job of teaching you how to play the game?
1: Oh, that so that second part, yes. Mm -hmm. The first part, um, like I feel like you can put most portal puzzles into like three or four categories, and they they all fit in those categories, Mm -hmm. which is um, really fun. I'm trying to think. Um, What are those categories? Loosely, I don't remember. Okay, (laughs) I'm saying I'm just saying like you can. I I
0: noticed a lot of
1: similarities between the types of puzzles and how you solve them. Um, Well, that's
0: part of the teaching you how to play the game thing. Is they. They show you a new mechanic, they let you get used to it, and then, like, they slowly let you expand on it and do more things with it. And then, once you're comfortable with it, they introduce a new mechanic. And it's a constant loop of introducing you to new things. They never just keep going, right? Yeah. Hmm. So, that's what can make it feel a little bit like that, I think. But all in all, Portal 1 was like, you know, it's a pretty short game. It should only take you a couple hours yeah. if you're new to it. Um, it's, it's a very, it's a completely different atmosphere from Portal 2. It, it's very eerie in the beginning, very devoid of life and emotion, you know, yeah. isolating. And then you finally meet GLaDOS, you kill GLaDOS, you get your freedom, but then you don't get your freedom. And yep. then you enter into Portal 2.
1: So Portal 2, because <laughs> we're going to skip this. So I don't know, let, to answer your questions about Portal 1, I, I don't. It could because it was like uh, definitely like newer, and mm-hmm. they were just kind of establishing everything. It's, it was great. It was a good game.
0: Yes, um, especially for like a one-off little spin-off game. It was like a very. They released this along with Half-Life Two, Episode One, and Team Fortress Two. Like they were a bundle. They were one game together. Oh jeez, this was just like a side project. Okay, then that's it was a very really minor impressive. underrated thing. Or not underrated, but understated. Und-
1: I see. I see.
0: Because um, the, the
1: only criticism I can have is you are. Mostly solving the same puzzles. Yeah. Like type of puzzles, the same environments. Sure. And like yeah, there's not a lot of variety on. for yeah, sure. Not yeah. a lot of variety, which is entirely fixed. It, it is 2. nice that
0: they added in those little like um like the little side places where you could get out of the puzzles for a little bit. Yeah. And then see like, oh, it's like all oh, run down out here. Yeah, there's like yeah, staircases yeah, yeah. and there's scribbling on the wall. Who was who was out here? Yeah, who, like where is everybody else?
1: See, they're really good at that contextual like world building. Yeah, right? that um, storytelling, contextual storytelling, where you're looking around, and you're like learning what's going on mm-hmm. by everything around mm-hmm. you. But I, I feel like Portal Two picked up the slack from Portal One, yeah. like miles by miles. Like they from the get go, everything's beautiful. Um, they introduce you to Wheatley, who mm-hmm. you originally sold Wheatley to me. Um, based on like, oh, and he's voiced by this guy, Steve Merchant, Steve Merchant, who's really funny. And I didn't know who Steve Merchant was. So I was just like, oh, it's just some British dude. Like, I'm not impressed by that. But now that I like know who's, who Steve Merchant is, I was 100% sold out Wheatley. I was yes. in love with the character. Um,
0: and they, they start off really strong. Yeah, you know, they, they start off strong. They start off with that, um, you know, waking you up. And the great thing is that they teach you the controls and how to play again, but They add enough storytelling and atmosphere and environments that even though you already know how to play, you're still not bored with the tutorial in the beginning. Yeah, you're like, this is fun and interesting to me. You know, yeah, even though you already know all those things.
1: Yeah, like even knowing all the mechanics and running through the tutorial, I didn't ever feel like, oh, they've got to show me this again. I was just solving the puzzles as normal. Yeah, and it it was it was fine. Um, Something that I noticed is the the first game is kind of stagnant. Not stagnant, it's static. Where mm-hmm. Like you do the puzzle, and everything's where it should be. But I liked how, in the second one, they immediately showed you like the moving, the movement of the factories, yes, and like the, the movement of the facility. And then you it makes you feel like it's a lot more dynamic and it adds a lot more. Um, it makes you feel like you can solve your puzzle, but not everything is going to be as expected mm-hmm. when it, you're just solving a puzzle to the quote unquote test. You're like, I'm just doing what was supposed to happen, but it adds a lot more variety when you're going with yeah. a moving.
0: And then facility. that's the first time you actually see what the rest of the facility, like outside the test, looks yeah. like. In Portal One, you're always inside the test or in stairwells, and then you get to the parking lot, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like in Portal Two, you get to see outside the walls, and you see how massive, and just it just goes on forever. There's no ends to this place, and it makes it a little bit m- even more isolating because you're like, well, shit, like can I ever get out of here?
1: Yes, it yeah. just
0: goes on forever. Yep. But at least, but then they they compensate for that with the new characters. And they keep you near the characters more often. Yep, you've always got somebody on your side, <laughs> yeah. basically. You've always got something to talk to. And so, so you go upstairs and you wake up Glados, and you get to see the new redesigned Glados, and have that moment of like, "Oh fuck!" Like as she's reassembling herself in front yep, of yep, you. Yep. That was a such moment. a good
1: good scene when she reassembles herself. Yeah, it was so well they done. It creepy, you know. It was it like that unsettling.
0: Mm-hmm. And then she kills Wheatley immediately. She squishes him, and he like goes lights out, and she tosses him to the side. Yep. And then you're back to testing and you're like, shit, I'm back where I started.
1: <laughs> but they, they did a really good job showing that scale by, by just every time you're in an area and the, you see how vast it is, mm-hmm. but then every time you're in another area, you see a different vast area. Yes. And so in your head, you're making this impossible maze of places and you're like, oh, that like that really sells that. You are lost in this and giant. And not
0: one other person there too. Oh yeah, you're you alone, know,
1: you're entirely alone. Just an
0: automated factory just doing its thing forever. With every, Everybody's already dead and gone. Yep. You learn that in, that in that game too. Yeah, that's definitely
1: an, a different sen- sense of hopelessness because it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out of here.
0: And it keeps building scale the way that the best scale videos do, which is like, instead of being like, okay, you know how the sun is this big? Well, this other thing is this big. And it's like, oh, I don't know what that means. That's a lot of numbers. But then some scale videos are like, okay, you take the sun, then you do like 10 of them in a row, then you do 10 of those, now you've got like this plane of suns, then you build it into a cube. Okay, now we zoom out, now we build something out of that cube, and make a bigger cube out of the cube. and you keep zoom- So you keep using the previous thing and building something out of that thing and then building something out of that thing. So that lets your brain keep track of how big things are getting. And Portal 2 does scale the same way. Like they show you a room and they show you how many rooms there are. Yeah. And then you realize that. And then they show you that there's multiple spheres of those rooms. Yeah. And then they show you that that's not it. Then they show you a map. Yeah. (laughs) And and you're like, well, shit, this place is just unimaginably massive. Yep. Yeah. But so Portal 2 keeps things moving by breaking it into like different little segments. Right. Yes. So you've got the beginning where it's just, you're breaking out with Wheatley and then you, I'll I'll let you walk through it a little bit more and just you know comment on what you like what you don't like. If there. I
1: remember all of it, yeah. geez, I'm already forgetting. Um, Wheelie trying to break out with Wheelie, you meet Glados, kind of goes to shit, mm-hmm. and then um, and so it's, Wheelie takes over, or does that does that happen there? Or does so,
0: there, yeah, or it's important a step? to distinguish that in the beginning of the game, the science facility is basically in ruins because of when you blew up Glados and it was unmaintained, right? And so when you wake up Glados, she starts reassembling the facility as you go, yep. and you see it. Like step by step, get better and better and cleaner and cleaner until it's pretty much back to the way it used to be.
1: Which is such a good like that's it's so satisfying. You walk into a room, you just see shit everywhere, and then you see all these panels like actuate out of your way and reassemble into the walls and yeah. the floors. You know, and then, like you see like whole sections of rooms like moving together and everything like re- like going back into place. And it just it it lets as you, as you said it it, show, it builds the story outside of your test chamber. Yeah. It's like you can do the chest chamber, which is the whole game, by the way, is just the test chamber. <laughs> yeah. But because they did it that way, you're like, oh, I can see how everything is working.
0: And it gives a whole new perspective to like the clean white chambers. Yeah. Like portal one, it was it felt a little bland at times. Mm-hmm. But portal two, when once you get to the clean chambers and like the end of the first act, you're like, wow, this is pretty. It's nice and clean <laughs> now. It's, it's Nice and straight. <laughs> and you everything. have a new appreciation for it. And then, you know, you take Wheatley, you fight GLaDOS, and then Wheatley takes control. You
1: mm-hmm. know?
0: Did you, ex- what did you expect out of that? Was that pretty much what you expected? Well, I, I knew because you knew. Uh, I think
1: you've, like, I've learned beforehand. Yeah. You talked about Portal before. So I didn't know. I, I didn't wasn't know sure that what was you did and
0: didn't remember.
1: Yeah. So unfortunately, I didn't know that. I wasn't really sold on why he was doing that. I keep forgetting, like, why that happened and he has this hatred for you. I totally missed that. Yeah. You'll um, just have
0: to go back and, like you said, listen to the dialogue again. I, I'll have to, to rerun the, the story,
1: unfortunately. I was mostly focused on the puzzles.
0: And I got to say, this game has, like, the cleanest writing of any game I've ever played like every line pretty much to me is hilarious I'm always <laughs> laughing and it's been 11 years I've played this game so many times like if I, <laughs> if it can get a chuckle out of me still then that's a success um so yeah then so after, from that point you fall down an endless shaft a super <laughs> huge shaft and then you're on to the second act of like the old test chambers you get to see what aperture was like throughout, like you go through time basically. Yeah, it's a history. From like um, the 1950s tour. to the 70s and then into the 80s.
1: Yeah, and you, you get to like kind of follow Cave Johnson, the original founder of yeah. Aperture and like what he was doing to exactly. make this company. You get to, to learn so- about,
0: yeah, the history of the company, who, yep. what, they were, what they did, you know, something you never knew before and seeing like the the art evolve as like you had like the stapled together cube in the beginning and like these really <laughs> just fucked up buttons that weren't you know they're really ratchety and bad
1: it was a lot more industrial too so like everything's yeah. much more uh, dingy and like grungy but you weren't a huge fan of this segment right so um well mostly cuz i struggled with it <laughs> and here's the thing i learned really quickly that i'm i'm not that bad at the puzzles but i'm really bad at in between puzzles like to the point where I spend much more time trying to find where the next puzzle is instead of, you know, solving puzzles. You
0: definitely, I would say you spent the majority of the game in the in between segments of that act. Yeah. Just trying to see how to get from one chamber to the next. I was really dumb. Which is too bad because that, that really does put a, a damper on like the world building and, and how like appreciating the atmosphere. Because like you go from being like, wow, this is interesting and new to, fuck, I want to get out of here. I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to move on. It was just like, industrial grates and water everywhere. And I'm
1: like, where's the door? I just need to get to the door. I, I don't know what it was. It was just, I think the the puzzles are a lot more straightforward. They're like, this is where you need to go. And here's your area. But the the, the in between areas, I'm like, it, is that wall over there? Do I got to go there? Yeah. And then I started learning
0: that they would light up areas where you're supposed to go. And I'm like, oh. There were a lot of tricks that they employed. Not all of them worked on you. No, <laughs> you are impervious I, to their I, tricks. <laughs> I didn't learn. I was just like,
1: that's just the light over there. But-, I, 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 but here's the thing. That's always, that's not Portal's fault. That's always been a problem of mine. For whatever reason, I'm really bad at that kind of navigation. I think like all the horror games I've played, that's a lot of, like there's a lot of contextual based stuff. And I'm guessing most of the time, like, oh, we wanted you to open that window and go behind the door. But because the world looks seamless, I'm like, I could go behind there. I could go over there. Like you saw me spinning in circles and trying the same thing over and over again. Yes. And, like, I don't know if this portal is necessary. If like I need it for something, because my mind just wanders. But if I'm given clear direction, I'm like, oh, I need to use this to get there. But like if it's just a open area, I'm gonna think everything's relevant. I'm not good at it.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I've always it, struggled with it. And it, it's too bad. I think I think going back and hearing the dialogue again, or if you ever years down the line want to just replay the game, mm-hmm. that that'll give you a lot more. Because you'll you'll kind of have in the back of your head the. The know how to solve all the stuff much more easily, yeah, and you'll be able to uh, enjoy it a lot more. Take in like the the writing and the details and the atmosphere. I agree. And the music too. We didn't really get to hear the music because they're playing out on like a shitty TV speaker. But there's <laughs> a lot of great music in the game. But it seemed like what you liked the most of the game was, or maybe not the most, but much more than that segment was the third act when you come back up into Wheatley's aperture science.
1: Oh, I love that act. Yeah.
0: So he's kind of
1: you know he's taking charge. He's done his own thing, and he basically ruins everything and does everything worse. And it's, it's that whole, that whole, it was so funny. Um, they made um, the portal cube hybrids, which. Yeah, the Franken turrets. The Franken turrets. They, they
0: put the tur- portal turrets into cubes and then gave them legs to hop around. <laughs> and he was trying to, those were his attempts to make test subjects, to do tests for him. I love, I hated and loved those things. They creeped me out. Yeah. Um, but I like, cause I, I didn't like picking them up. I didn't
1: like touching it. And they made got, the little noises and everything. Yeah. yeah. They're like little insects but they were so, so good. Wheelie's constantly trying to build the facility and it's just grinding and like yeah, crashing. It's falling
0: apart it's right in front of
1: It's just not working. And then you can hear GLaDOS, who's a potato at this point. Oh yeah, I
0: forgot about that. Brilliant
1: <laughs> writing to make her a potato because the whole time you know GLaDOS, she's this like all yes. powerful facility. She's
0: the entire facility. She's the entire
1: facility. She always exudes like I'm in control and I'm just dicking around. Yeah. Like she... Like it's not only like I'm in control, it's you are not worth anything to me. Mm-hmm. And now she's a potato that you've attached to your gun. And
0: now she has to she you are have control over her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a whole new dynamic for her, having to rely on somebody else. Yep. She's yeah. And then watch her facility like crumble. Gladys being the potato is like pickle rick, but actually done well. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I, I do, I completely agree with you.
1: Pickle Rick was just that the Gladys potato. Yeah, I, I completely agree.
0: And the good the good thing was by the time you actually got up to that third act there too, you would have learned enough about the game to be able to solve the puzzles a little bit at a faster rate. Yeah. And I think they give you a better experience too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I I here's the thing. I'm already invested in the world though. Like that's mm-hmm. why like I'm probably gonna revisit the story and everything. Yeah. Just cause I like the world that they set up.
0: And they um, only give you like When you're playing the game, they're throwing information at you all the time and so you feel like it's a lot, but then you finish the game and you're like, wow, I really don't know much about Aperture Science still. Yeah. Like there's so many things that I wish I could know about it and so much more to explore.
1: Yeah, like I I kinda, I still kind of want to see it like up and running. Yeah. Like when people were there. I,
0: well, yeah, I want to see in its heyday. I want to see what the applications of these things were. Yeah. What was the world outside? Where is this thing? So mm-hmm. I've so many questions.
1: Yeah, so so many questions.
0: Which is the that's how you want to do entertainment. You always yeah. want to leave them wanting more. You don't want them to be sick of it. Mhm. So that's great. And then the the ending of the game And I guess we've already spoiled so much. So at this point, you know, sorry. Play the game anyway. But for me, because I played the game originally when it came out in 2011 and I was 11 years old. So first off, the puzzles took me forever. I was a dumbass. I didn't know what I was doing. I think I still spent longer. No, I don't think you did. Like I didn't play nonstop, but this took me the better part of a month to solve this game. I would just play on my little CRTV mm-hmm. downstairs. And by the way, because I was such a moron before I got the game, I um, had watched a YouTube video because I would oh, you know how like when you were a kid, you would just type in thing I like and then like into YouTube or Google and just like <laughs> so I just type in Portal, enter, and then see what came up. And YouTube search was a lot different back then. So the first thing I got was like some sort of Portal parody where they showed like this core coming in and then like saying a bunch of stuff. But he he was like swearing and shit, and I'm like, oh shit, this game is swearing in it. So <laughs> when I when I got the game and put it in, I muted it immediately. Oh no! And so that whole opening scene with Wheatley making jokes and everything, I'm like, I couldn't hear a single word because I'm like, he's swearing, and my parents are gonna get mad at me if he's swearing.
1: That's so, so sad. I, the
0: first time around, I missed that whole intro. Um, wow, what a bummer. So it wasn't until like my second or th- my second time around where I'm like, oh, this game is funny. <laughs> it's supposed <laughs> to be funny. <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> but anyway. So, towards the end, at the very end, um, when you're in the boss battle and then Wheatley bombs you, you know, because the stalemate button, which is like the one strategic movie made was okay, the stalemate button last time was a big problem for GLaDOS because you pressed the button, it overrode, you know, her not wanting to uh, get ripped out of her body. So he's like, I'll put bombs there. And that worked. Yeah. That was a great move. But then while you're looking up, well, first off, the game shows you the portal that you put underneath Wheatley to remind you there's a portal there. Mm-hmm. And then, you look up and then the roof of the building tears off and you see the moon. And you're like, oh, <laughs> maybe I can shoot that. And I don't know if you picked up on it because we kind of talked over a lot of the dialogue, but Cave Johnson had specifically gone over how they got moon rocks and that's what they're making the portal surfaces out of. So you had already known moon equals portal conductive and then you see it and then you, and then you shoot a portal at it and then you wait like the speed of light Whatever the distance is in like light seconds from you to the moon, yeah. and then you see like the ding, <laughs> yeah. And there's always dramatic pauses, and then like everything gets sucked out of the room, yeah. But what was so powerful for me uh, when I first played the game was that as a kid, the moon was always like an object, not even an object in the sky, just like something you saw in the sky. It was just like a thing. Like the sky's blue, the sun's bright, right? And the moon shows up every once in a while. Yeah. But what that game did for me is is Making that contact of shooting the moon and then traveling there made it like that's a physical thing. Yeah, yeah. That's an object that's floating around. And after that, I was like enamored with the moon. I would like walk outside. I'm like, holy shit! (laughs) It gave me a completely different perspective. I was really impressionable at that point, right? Because I was 11 years old, and that completely changed my perspective on on the moon and space in general. That was like a really big moment for me. Oh, I see. Okay,
1: that again. Incredibly well done. This whole, all my reviews today are just being like this is really good. Um, but <laughs> like, like the fact that you had to piece together like those little story points in order to wit, like beat that section because otherwise you're like, what do I do? I just yeah, you know, I just sit here. But like, the, you had to pay attention to the story to get that. That's that's a little against the grain. Usually, boss battles are pretty. We'll tell you what to press, when to press it, and we'll show you what you True. need to
0: do. Uh, there were no quick time events in this game. <laughs> no,
1: I hate quick time events. I hate quick time events. I'm I'm not a fan and th- this, it was just well done yes and like the the little like logic where like oh i i put a portal there to get here to go there and then now i see the moon and i know i have a portal there like mm-hmm.
0: it's it's good it's it's does a lot of really good visual storytelling and, and visual cues for you to know what to do without telling you what to do
1: that's the thing it, it almost never t- directly tells you those aspects of the story which like it makes it so much better. A fun
0: fact. So that whole moon thing at the ending, yeah, was actually not originally going to be the ending cuz they actually rewrote this game a lot of times. Oh, okay. They kept changing it. Originally you were actually going to be in the 1950s in Aperture, like that was the original idea. Oh. And it morphed into what it is. But the whole moon thing was in the beginning of the game. If you remember when you find your first portal portal device, like you walk up the stairs and it's like sitting in that sparky pedestal like yeah, kind of yeah. broken. When you look up, there's like, there's all the drawings around you. I don't know if you remember, there's like graffiti and everything. But if you look up, there's like a ring of panels above you. And then on them are drawn the phases of the moon. And then in the middle is a hole in the ceiling. And there's, in and, and the final game, there's like a white light there. So that's like a foreshadowing for like the, you know, the moon ending. Oh, okay. It's the same angle and everything. But originally, you were actually going to be able to see the moon. And if you shot the moon, it would like do like a false ending where you get ripped out and chucked into space. Oh. It was like a little Easter egg. But then they move that to be like the actual conclusive ending of the game. I see, which is fun. I like that. It would have been a really really cool Easter egg though. That, <laughs> also, yeah, like, oh, if been... you shoot the moon, you go to the moon. To- <laughs> <laughs> it's like not part of the game or anything. What was the original intended ending? I don't know. Oh, okay, I don't know. Um, I don't think it was ever given away. And the reason why is like most of the stuff that they cut out of the game, they refuse to talk about. And Valve's a very secretive company as it is. They don't even announce games until they're done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the writers well, all the interviews of the writers I've seen in the behind the scenes commentary they don't really give away much of anything Like even the original concept is we're going to be called portal f-stop and there's going to be a whole new mechanic besides portal like they weren't going to use portal guns so they're going to use something else but they won't tell you what that is because they want to save it keep it in their back pocket in case they make another game Oh, they want to be able to reuse these concepts if they want to
1: that's really smart actually
0: which is sad because it's like oh if they don't make a game then we just never know I think, but if but, they make a game,
1: they got a lot of good ideas ready. Yeah. Okay. You say that, but like, it's better that we know what we what we should know, which is like how it was intended, yeah. and what like the actual. Oh, don't get me wrong.
0: Everything they've done has been for the best. Yeah. I'm just so desperate for more moral content. content. Yeah. And you know, it, it it was a huge bummer too because as time went on, that was okay. Here's the thing: Half Life Alex has come out now, so this is kind of flipped around. Until Half Life Alex came out for the HGC, no sorry the um live the valve index the you know the VR headset yeah yeah Which was like a year or two ago they that portal 2 was their last single-player game that was their last like real game that they ever made and it was just radio silence from there wow every year like half-life 2 um when that came out in 2004 after the game ended it ended on a cliffhanger and they were like okay so the next continuation of the story we're not gonna make half-life three what we're gonna do is we're going to do Half-Life 2 episodes and we're going to make it three episodes, a trilogy. Like basically like a third of a game each time. And so they did the first one and then they did the second one and they did Portal 2. They put all their effort into Portal 2 and they're like, okay, the third one's coming out soon. And then a year would go by, two years would go by, three years would go by. It kept going and no updates. And they kept saying, <laughs> oh, we're almost done. And then eventually they went silent and they wouldn't talk about any of their games anymore. And it was just that for like 10 years just like, well shit. And then eventually all of their writers, well there's like they had like two people who wrote a half life or three people or whatever. and then like there were two people who wrote Portal 2. So like they had like a very small group of writers and all of them left the company and it's like, well shit. now the people oh, who make these yeah. games are gone, so it's definitely over. Yeah. and there's just so much hopelessness and sadness in my heart from that. <laughs> and even one of the writers who retired, he did like this blog post under a pseudonym, or maybe it might have even been under his real name. But he basically he told you the story of what was going to be the Half Life, like the conclusion of the Half Life Two universe. Yeah, We're like replacing the names and like the you know the proper nouns, but like being like, "Hey, this is never gonna get made." Here's the actual story, and that was really sad because that was like the final nail in the coffin of like uh, it's over now. Yeah, because like, if he's revealing he's it, he's given up. You know, yeah. he's left. Um, but then Half Life Alex came out, and you're like, oh. They're continuing the Half-Life universe. They set up in the end of that game the continuation, right? They actually, spoiler, they changed some things about the previous story, meaning that like, because like, he already revealed what they had the plan for the ending, so it's like, what are they going to do now, just do that? But they're like, no, we're going to change things and we're going to go a different direction. And then, so out of that, you get a little bit more hope because that's like the first single-player game since Portal 2. And then from that into the Steam Deck, when that came out, they made like a, a complimentary game like they like to do a mini game that introduces you to the the hardware and the controls and everything set inside the Portal universe but they actually in that one you normally it's like oh there's this core and he's kind of funny he says a couple of funny things he shows you the controls and then he's off and it's the end this one actually did a little bit of story in like the Portal universe and like brought new elements and brought back characters and continued it on a little bit and not only was that interesting, they got they brought back the voice actors and they brought back the writers of Portal 2. Wow. So for me this was like this was in the past 6 months that this happened. So this was like, "Oh." And not only that, they brought back the guy who made the soundtrack for the game. So I'm like, "Wait, all of the people are back. Everybody <laughs> who left is back. They have what it takes to make another Portal game. Everybody's here." <laughs> I'm like, cuz my hope was long dead and gone. Right, right. That was I was unimaginably happy from that. It was like, even if if it's probably not gonna happen, I'm like they still could make another Portal game. And then they also said that they have two single player AAA games in development, wrapping up. And it's like, is that true? Is this another Half Life Two Episode Three? Is this <laughs> never going to happen? Is Gabe Newell just gonna die with Portal Two being his last game? Um, I don't know, but. They've always it's Valve has always been an abusive relationship where they get, they drop some of the best stuff ever made and then they neglect you <laughs> over years. Well, it's like, would you
1: rather? I would rather them do that and continue their legacy as like this amazing game, yes. producing studio than them make start making. shit. I so agree with you, and yeah. I,
0: I I would take that over them making shit. But the sad thing is, I know that they could just. They can still make good stuff. Yeah. And they continue to do so, but in little morsel sized chunks. Yeah, morsel size. Yeah. They, they still, and the, I think the big flaw that people sort of settled on with Valve is that they have this like, corporate structure where they don't have a hierarchy. Everybody has the same level of seniority and control over the company. Oh. It's like a flat structure. Okay. And they have like this classic quote where all of their desks in Valve have wheels on them. And whatever you feel like working on, you wheel your desk over there and you do it. So the problem with that is when you actually need to crunch to make a game, there's no. Once, once the hard problems start showing up, everybody starts wheeling off to new things. There's no reason to keep going because you can do whatever you want. Right. So like nothing was getting done. Wow. They would work on a thing and abandon it and move on to some other thing, and that just kept happening.
1: See, that sounds like a good way to like. Yeah, that that seems like a. a it's like it's it's a it's catch
0: twenty two because it's like on one hand. That means that everything that gets created is made out of love and, yeah, passion, and passion and just pure creative energy. Unlike say like something EA, right? Right. Where it's just pure grind. Nobody likes it. They just do it for the money. They do it because that's the next thing and they have to do it. So you, you have that love in the games, but also artists don't, the artists are lazy and flaky. So you yeah. got, Sometimes you got to force them yeah, to yeah. do stuff. There's like a good balance to be found somewhere. Yeah, no, you're right. There is a balance but, to be found. Yeah, that's just a little rundown of my sadness with Valve and my <laughs> glimmer of hope that I have in the back of my pocket. So here's a question, right? What would you
1: expect from the next? Like, what would you yes. want from the next Portal? Oh game?
0: yeah, and I remember uh, you actually asked me this when you're playing the game. But I'm like, I can't say anything because you haven't finished it and you right. don't. It'll spoil stuff. A, a lot of people, I would say a majority of Portal fans, will keep saying we don't need Portal Three. The story ended, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chell escapes. Glados gets control of the facility. She gets the testing robots, and then there's a little extra thing that happens in the co-op campaign at the end that I haven't played that yet. you haven't played. But the point is, everything's wrapped up neatly, and uh, Wheatley's in space and doing his thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, forever. I, I don't know how he gets power, but we're not going to worry about that. No, 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 no. But my thing is like, okay, great. Chell's storyline is ended, just like in Star Wars, Vader's storyline is ended, Anakin's storyline. Instead of continuing that forever, let's go back. There's a whole universe out here. Let's focus on another character. Let's yeah. go back in time. Yeah. Let's see more of the the you know, the actual Aperture Science facilities. Let's see when they were in operation. We don't need to continue the storyline. We just do something else in the same universe. There's so much more room for elaboration, for creativity. It could even have nothing to do with everything they've established so far. You know, It could have no portal guns like they were originally planning for Portal 2. It can have new characters that we never heard of. It doesn't matter because the universe is so distinct it's and so, established. so un- unique, yes, and likable that it doesn't matter what they do. Yep. There's so much room for experimentation. Yep. So I don't think it matters that, Portal 3 doesn't have to be the next Portal and it needs to be, it could be you know, a prequel or whatever it wants to be, a spinoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It could even not even be Portal 3, it could be like Portal Subtech, something else or whatever. Could not even have portal in the title. I don't care. Do another aperture science game. <laughs> There's so much there. I was to gonna be say a, a prequel
1: is a really good way to go. I think because yeah. like I think we're all pretty much set. Like if you leave what happened with GLaDOS and Chell yeah. alone, we're all gonna be satisfied. You just don't. That ruin, story's over. It's over. It was, it was well beautiful. done. It was yeah. great. But take us back now and show us some interesting Something stuff new. with the development. Maybe show mechanics where hey, here's here's like things they were developing that failed. And like you get to work with the janky mechanics of that invention, yeah. you know what I mean? Something like that.
0: Yeah, it could be like the creation of the portal gun. Yeah, that yeah, would be you know interesting. You know what would be interesting?
1: Yeah, like the like you sh- it shows how they developed the portal gun. Yeah, and like that's your big finale is that you fu- they they, they made like, it. They but make you get the to test- see.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Continue. Oh, sorry.
1: But like you get to see all their failed prototypes yes. and stuff that came up. I was that. gonna
0: say because you know they're always doing these tests. Yeah. But what are they testing? They're testing your ability to solve puzzles. Yeah, logic like, puzzles. Clearly, what happened is that they created a. They structured their company around we're gonna test the stuff we make. Yeah. But when they stop making new stuff, they're just testing for no reason. Yeah. That's what. That's how I interpret it.
1: Yeah. No. Same. But
0: you could go back to when they were actually testing the portal gun prototypes and trying to see how it was working and make it work. So like you get different versions of it as you go. Yeah. And you would like maybe shoot a portal and like it would bring you to some random place that like. Is completely irrelevant. Now you got to find your way back. See, that's genius. All these, all these possibilities. Yeah,
1: that's a great idea. The portal gun taking you to a place you didn't want to go. Yeah. The portal gun maybe having like time limits. Like it doesn't last for long. Something
0: sure. Something. some Little, little
1: modifications. There's three the portal portals,
0: gun. and you you go in one, and you come out two of them at the same time. <laughs> or you know, there's so many possibilities. So many tiny
1: mechanics they could play with. And
0: they and their writers are so much better than we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can yeah, come yeah. up with even better ideas. Yeah, that's a great.
1: That's a that. See, that's the spin that I think would be. The, have the most payoff is us being able to explore the universe more mm-hmm. without ruining our current love of the game because let's say they do a prequel and we don't like it yeah that's not going to taint how much we love the first two no. games if, as long as they don't continue the story as long as they don't continue the story because then it's good you're going to ruin what we already liked yes all you had to do was leave it alone and
0: valve if anything they're the masters of let's not ruin what we've done yeah let's build on it mm-hmm. let's not keep doing the same thing Clearly, <laughs> because yeah. they don't do the same thing yeah. a lot. There's uh, the classic joke of they can't count to three. There's yep. never been a three in any of their titles anywhere. There's been a lot of twos, no. too many twos. Half-Life 2, episode two. <laughs> no threes involved. But you know, there's, a, there's so many things in video games. are like, I want GTA 6. I would love a GTA 6. I would love a Fallout 5. I always want a continuation, right? But all of those things are just more of the same and I'd just be happy with it. I'd be, I would have a great time playing it. None of them are necessary. Portal is the one continuation where like that's that's my bucket list. If I could play one more Portal game and never play another video game again, that would be like that's fine with me. Wow. You know, that's like my number one video game want, my only necessity.
1: That's the thing. It's a weird thing with video games for me is that like more of the same is is something I I want. Like with the movies, I want them to switch it up and do different shit. But with like when I'm playing a game and I'm like, oh, I love that game. Yeah. If you just vary everything of that game and make me play it again, I'll be
0: happy. <laughs> like that's that's all I want. Me too, to a point. Because at a certain point, I stopped playing Far Cry games because nothing changed. It's the same game every single time. Oh, know? I see.
1: Yeah, I actually enjoyed it <laughs> It be this kind of the same. I liked that format. Yeah,
0: but you played three and four. Did you play five? You play six? Well, uh, no. But I do didn't you have really have a desire
1: to. I wasn't really sold on five. See what that I mean? Much.
0: It's the same game. It's just a different location. I
1: liked that though. I liked three to four. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was great. Like I've sequel. I've got
0: no problem with doing the same thing over and over again, but it it's not it, Portal is different. You know, it's like it's like a pipe dream. It's like yeah. I know that this can be something unique and special. Yeah, and it's just so near and dear to my no, heart. No, I, I I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It's it's sacred. That's right. It's, it's sacred. sacred to you. Yeah. Anyway. We don't have to lick its ass forever.
1: But. Oh, well, you've been licking its ass. I've just been like smelling. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you would say it's your favorite game?
0: Oh, yeah. I've been I've literally, it's bounced ever since I first played the game, it's bounced between that, Kerbal Space Program, and Little Big Planet, the original one. Um, but Portal 2 has always been in my runners. And for the past couple of years, it's just like solidified in number one. And the thing is, though, all of my other favorite games have flaws. You know, like Little Big Planet is amazing, but also it's it's not like the highs aren't the most fun you can have with video games. It's just consistently really good. Oh. And then Kerbal Space Program has gives you that wonder and the possibilities and all of like the scale. Like you can do whatever you want. But also the graphics suck. The performance (laughs) sucks. The sound is unchanged since it was originally a prototype. Like it's flawed. It's deeply flawed. Right. It's a game that has the X Factor and nothing else. (laughs) It's one of my favorites still. That one needs a little polishing. Yeah, but it's like the the, the X Factor thing is the best way I can explain it. It's got all the secret sauce with none of the technicalities. Right. Um. All of my other games, favorite games, have flaws, but Portal Two, in my opinion, is a flawless game. It just executes everything perfectly and then ends. It's not very long, you know. Yeah. It just does what it what it needs to. Like RoboCop, <laughs> you know. <laughs> RoboCop has flaws though, small flaws.
1: I, I understand why you like it so much now. I was just like, it's just a puzzle game.
0: Yeah, it, it's very gratifying that you've finally, finally played it after eleven years of nagging. It's like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, what do I do now? Hey, Jacob, now, that,
1: now that I live with Jacob, he can finally like weigh me down and force me to do yeah. the things he's been telling me to I'm do. Mo-
0: I'm shaping you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I gonna want look you. like another Jacob by the end of the, this lease. Yeah, You're gonna pull a Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any final thoughts before we? Final thoughts on Portal. Um,
1: I felt stupid at a lot of points during the game. Where I'm like, oh, character designs. It's really funny. Well animated. Well, well animated. They Gravity's didn't have beautiful. to do that, but they did. Yeah. No closing thoughts. I enjoyed the game thoroughly.
0: And um, you know what? We paid twenty dollars to play both of those games on the Switch. Jacob paid twenty dollars to play for me to play. Was both. that was that worth your twenty dollars if you had paid that? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. That's like a movie ticket. That's like two movie tickets, maybe, if it's a really cheap theater. Yeah, yeah. That's worth it.
1: No, that was definitely But here's the worth
0: thing it. like Portal One and Portal Two on PC, Portal Two on sale, which is four times a year at minimum, guaranteed, goes for one dollar and fifty cents. Oh my Portal god. Portal two. That's like the greatest value of any game ever. <laughs> That's a good $1.50. Yeah. You can't even get a coffee for that. That's a pretty good two bucks. Definitely play it if you haven't played it. And it's a co-op campaign.
1: So today, me and Jake started um, an adventure team. Uh, we, started, <laughs> we formed an alliance and a crew and we, we developed some camaraderie. I'm just thinking of more words uh, to, to, to draw this out. Uh, we went geocaching, Jacob. You wanna tell the audience what geocaching is?
0: Geocaching Thank you, thank you. Um geocaching is a great activity. It's a cool hobby where people go out into the world and they hide little trinkets, trinkets. little logbooks, little decorative items. Treasures, Jacob. No treasures. treasures. They put little it's like the pirate map. They hide little treasures all over the place. And then they mark their vague coordinates on the map, give it a name, a brief description. And then let it, you know, just leave it. Yes. Just leave it. Leave it for and the taking. And then everybody else comes, they look online, they see that, okay, there's one at this park here and it's got this name. I'm going to drive there or run or walk. or We walked, which is actually, that makes it even better. Yeah, It's yeah. like, there's no tools involved. You're just doing it by yourself. Yep. And then you just hunt it down. You look at all the nooks and crannies, you explore the area and you try to find a little treasure that they've hidden. And then if you do it, you have the satisfaction of finding it it's like playing a video game in real life you know you go out there and you find the thing and then you write your name in it and you log it and you're like yeah yeah it's like you know when you play Mario say Odyssey you go out and try to find all the moons or in like you know Far Cry you go out and try to find like you tear down all the posters like there's little trinkets that are hidden around you gotta hunt them down it's like that in real life
1: yeah in my mind I've always picked it as like these are like real world easter eggs yeah like our life is the main game but then we go find the easter eggs together and like they're hidden in crazy places, and that's pretty great. And
0: and this sounds like one of those ideas that people have, and then it's a great idea, but in practice, it doesn't really work. Right. But they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere. People yeah. put a lot of effort into maintaining these things, and if they go somewhere and one's not there anymore, they'll mark it, or they'll fix it themselves, or or if it's like kind of broken, they'll repair it. It's like people are constantly maintaining these things and constantly doing it. So it's like. You know, it's actually a real thing that you can do, and not just oh, if you live in LA, there's a couple. Of yeah, areas. there's a
1: couple. Right, one of the, It's it's not as it's not scarce enough to be discouraging. Like, you can do it
0: wherever you are. There's
1: enough of them. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. Based, built on that, it's it's a really like cool community that they've established so that everybody can have fun with this game. Um, but me and Jacob are a new uh, dream team. Um, Jacob is Captain Jake Sparrow, and right. I'm Mesra the Marauder, and we're gonna start bringing a hostile community to the geocache world. And we're going to start planting <laughs> traps. And some of them will be traps, but some of them will be like $50 in a jar. Oh, and then shit. people will have.
0: <laughs> I've, I've already purchased a couple of bear traps.
1: Yeah, so around. some of them will be bear traps and some of
2: them will be like $100. <laughs>
1: and, and you'll have like a riddle and you have to solve the riddle. It'll be like national treasure. Like one of the geocaches is going to be like on the White House in like. Uh, A crevice uh, behind a brick. Yeah. You have to shine, you have to look through this weirdly shaped prism that reflects light into a different map that takes you to Paris. Yes. And in the Eiffel Tower is a bear trap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Geocaching is really cool. I recommend everybody tries it. What I love is that like it gets you out into the world getting exercise, you know? Yeah, you really like this
1: exercising. I was
0: exhausted. But that's the point. You know, and it's fun. It rewards you for doing it. Yeah, I need more adventure gear, Jacob. We do need more adventure gear. I need to start bringing my flashlight. If you go out, here's what you need you need a flashlight. Right. You need a pen. A gun. You need your phone. Yep. You need probably sunglasses if it's sunny out. And that's it. One wheel. That's all you need. A one wheel would be great. Yeah. That'd really help. We just walk. (laughs) (laughs) And then we
1: need little mini Bluetooth speakers to blast um, the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song.
0: Yes, I agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, we're the dream team, the ultimate duo of finding geocaches. Yes, I'm so excited. And when I go to LA, this, that'd be a great time to also do geocaching. Because there's probably like two on every single street corner. Yeah, it's intense. With how many that there are, I don't know. There's I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. I think what's what's really cool too is that once I've found all the ones in the area that are feasible, and like you know, kind of get bored of it, you can also start planting geocaches. Bear traps. Bear traps, not bear traps, I don't recommend it. But you can go out and like you know. Now you're making the puzzles for other people to solve. You're hiding little trinkets, and that's also fun.
1: That's its own. That's its own adventure. It's like, a whole flip side to What's a to cool it. place I can hang? I can hide these things.
0: <laughs> hang these things. Yeah. Hang these things.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to hang a bear trap.
0: And the one we've we've only found one so far. We've only attempted one. We've only attempted one. One hundred percent success rate. Yeah. Right at the gate. We're we're experts. But it was great because we go to like this old Civil War battlefield. We run around, we like sneak, we go into the bunker and we start like looking in all the lo- nooks and crannies of like this rock, you know, just <laughs> surrounding us. And then eventually, after like 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, oh my God. I look up into like up above me in the ceiling, there's like a hole in the rock. And if you look like around the corner, there's like this little black rock up there. And if you grab it, you pull it out, it's got a tube attached to it. And in the tube was a bear trap. The <laughs> <a bear> <laughs> <laughs> there's poison gas was released.
1: Poison, it's just like and then we like pass out
0: and then we wake up in Paris. Oh my God. It's so crazy. And the funny thing is, especially when you go to, you're finding these things at places you've been before. Like you just innocently went there, saw the sights, got bored, left, but there's hidden secrets in all these places that you've already been. It's like, what it is, it's like a whole new world that you didn't realize existed, but it's everywhere. It it reminds me so much of when Pokemon Go came out. It is very Pokemon go And all of a sudden, everywhere you've been, there's Pokemon there, and there's a PokeStop here. Or if you live in Vermont, it's barren and vacant of everything you can <laughs> want, <laughs> which is really that was a big downer. Yeah, kind of made it really hard to play that game. But it's—it's it's a really similar concept.
1: It's a great idea. I think I think we should do more, um, like, uh, what is it? Um, Agrs, augmented
0: yeah augmented reality AR stuff AR, yeah yeah some like that. ah uh. it's like a melding of the real life in the cyber world
1: ARG's augment, augmented reality games it's, it's when like the game uses like real world environments yeah like we need more of those to have, and have big communities into them. like a point system. We need, we need to have some of these geocaches like they give you points, some take it away and some yeah. are bear traps
0: <laughs> I, I still really want some sort of service where everybody has like their unique account tied to their social security number. What? And then they get it's like an achievement tracker. Yes, achievements. And everybody accrues achievements by doing things in life. Yes, yes. And then you compete with your friends. Right. Yes. I want this to exist. Yes. And previously it was like, well, this is a great idea but it can never exist. But now with geocaching it's like, wait. In rare cases we can make this work.
1: Yeah. Somebody Somebody make you life achievement things. There can be like sponsored geocaches where like Taco Bell is like, hey, some of these there's coupons in this geocache and it's advertisement
0: for them, and then you you can get like a burrito. That's not the worst way to go about it. But (laughs) here's the here's the one thing you gotta do is I've seen this executed a couple times. Is what they always do is they give you the list of achievements and they have you manually tick the ones that you've done. That's not fun. I don't want to scroll through a fucking list of thousands of things and taking the things I've done. Not only is it not rewarding. But it's a chore and it's also you can cheat really easily. Yeah. What you need to do is have it be blank and make it where other applications can link in and they authenticate the achievements. You know what I mean? Mm,
1: okay, interesting.
0: So, like, say uh, this is a really bad example, but say like Duncan, right, makes links in with it. Then what they do is when you buy coffees, they track that and report back to the service how many coffees you buy. And if there's an achievement for buying 100 coffees, then they cross that off, right? So you're not the one manually doing it yourself. People are validating this and doing it for you. The useful thing for that is that there's a lot of services we use in our life every single day that we don't really think about. Oh, um, that you know that it does, it does it automatically. You know, you reach inbox zero. You finally clear out all of those thousands of emails you have in your inbox. That's an achievement. Um, you know, Google Maps could integrate with it. You go to the Eiffel Tower, that's an achievement. Stuff like that. I don't know.
1: Oh, I see. I was just doing the geocache thing. You're, you're extending this to like a, just a full on life game.
0: Yeah. It's like you get achievements for life. I like this. I, I like that idea. Yeah.
1: That's a great idea to do. Like, oh, if you visit these specific areas, mm-hmm. you get like coupons or deals or f- stuff. At you're like really other- into
0: like the coupon thing.
1: Well, I'm just saying, oh, I'm just I'm like, what kind of small gratification can you give people that actually might be worth people's time? You know what I mean?
0: P- people. Always care about points as long as you can get enough people on the place in the beginning. You're right. If you can get people's friends on a service, they will care about the points. Right. Because suddenly it's a it's a competition, right? Yeah. But if somebody else's friends are on the service, then nobody cares. The points don't have intrinsic value, but they will find value Hmm. through peer pressure.
1: No, yeah, you're right. Okay. So I don't need coupons to make this work. And bear traps. Coupons,
0: bear traps. You might not need coupons. You might want that. Might help. Okay. So put that one next to Measure's tip jar app idea. <laughs> idea well, hey, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. I could use that right now. For what, Measure? On my purchases and my um my funds, on my yeah. investments. I'm a I'm a money I make money moves. You
0: move money away <laughs> from your account. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have I have done that a lot. Oh, you know what's crazy actually today that's happening is um the SLS rocket is launching for the first time ever tonight at midnight. I don't remember SLS. This is the this is NASA's own rocket that they've been building for like un, under different names like twenty years now. Oh my god! This was their space space shuttle replacement, and this is the first flight of it today. Ooh, I want to see that. It's not a space shuttle. It's a, it's a, you know it's a big rocket. I still want to see it. Yeah, um, this is this is a big deal. Like if it finally goes off, this has been lots of lots of money, <laughs> lots of setbacks, so much time. To the point where everybody's been saying for years, it's kind of already like antiquated by other rockets yeah. that have come out since yeah, it's been yeah, in yeah. development. But it's like, okay, whatever. Now our moon rocket, like the moon rocket we're actually going to use to get to the moon, is finally being launched for the first time ever. So we finally get to see some sort of milestone reached. Yeah, that's crazy. Like it's been so delayed that when the first time we actually saw a tank, get pressure tested we were like whoa that's crazy look at this (laughs) progress (laughs) but so it's finally going to fly and that's really really exciting
1: so it's um so what's the um like scope of of its mission
0: so this first test mission i believe is just to test the hardware like anytime you fly fly a rocket for the first time you just want to get into orbit usually Mm -hmm. and then if it works then you're really lucky (laughs) so does its boosters like land themselves no, ah, that's it's not, not reusable cool, in any capacity. It's not, it's
1: not as cool anymore. It's
0: so it's cool. it is it's reused. It's like a recycled rocket, but not a reusable it's, rocket. It's only
1: cool if it's if it's Elon Musk, though. That's what we've established. <laughs> that's
0: what's cool about SpaceX is Elon Musk. Well, yeah, nothing yeah. else. He put
1: his face on like the rockets. <laughs> he put his um his car into space. That's the only thing cool about rockets nowadays. I know you with the times, Jake? I guess I'm behind the times. Yeah, you are behind the times. We don't do rockets that don't come back down and do the cool.
0: Well, it comes back down. We just (laughs) (laughs) don't do anything with it post that. Yeah. Um, They're going to be using the RS 25 engines that the space shuttle used. So, some of these engines that are flying today have flown on the space shuttle in the past. They've been reused. Okay. But the sad thing is that these engines are some of the most sophisticated engines ever made. They were really, really amazing for their time, extremely efficient, and built to be reused many times. But now they're bolting them onto a rocket that's just gonna fall into the ocean, you know? It's oh. kind of like a sad use of those engines. I see. But it's cool that they get to fly again. But I don't know. I just wanted to make note of that. It's already happened by the time you're listening to this. Maybe it failed. Maybe it was scrubbed.
1: It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it like crashed into like a city. And we're like, there's this cool rocket
0: that, and everyone's like, we know it hit something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would make this a lot darker. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that'd be the funniest. Way that it could go. Oh, that'd be hilarious. that would be pretty funny. Oh, I'd love to see the death counts. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I'm super excited. I'm just glad it's finally happening. So, who would you trust to ride in a rocket, Jacob? Who would you, which, which rocket? Like Blue oh. Origin? Oh, yeah. if I had to, if somebody had to ship me off right yeah, now, which right rocket now, would I which fly? rocket
1: would you be in? Falcon 9,
0: regular Falcon 9. Wow. Okay. Just, it's, it's reliable and it's it's good. <laughs> that's your choice. It's it's got like like a 99% reliability rate. It's like literally what? only ever had two failures. Oh. Ever. And that was and this is a rocket that you know was constantly being revised. At this point like the the version that's flying now, I don't think has ever actually had a failure that led to payload loss. Wow. So, I would feel very safe in it. That's also huh. the only one of the only rockets flying right now that's actually human rated. It's one of like 3 <laughs> I didn't know that. The uh, other ones being the Soyuz, the Russian rocket, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Boeing's new uh, Starliner that is just finally coming online. Okay, okay. It was, it was developed parallel to uh, Falcon 9's crew capacity. It's just they were years behind from a couple setbacks.
1: I guess that was a pretty easy answer for you then. Yeah. I picked
0: the guy who like used a steam powered rocket. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, that. Yeah, I guess I have to say also, New Shepard is also crew rated. I can't leave that out. Okay. The, the one, the dick rocket that pops up and falls back down. Jeff yeah, yeah. Bezos rocket. Yeah, that was kind of referring to that one. People shit on that rocket more than they should. It's just a little suborbital rocket. It's actually like really well designed and very yeah, reliable. It's
1: just that Jeff Bezos wrote it and had he came out and he had a cowboy hat. I mean, yeah, that's, they, why. that's they why. they did don't like not
0: it. do good PR. No, that, that was thing. not a good PR. Also, apparently, it's too phallic for people to handle. I never noticed that until people started saying that. Oh, like, like everybody who sees it, like it looks like a penis. I don't know. It has like a bulbous top, I guess. Yeah, but so does like the SpaceX. It's a, rockets are all cylinders with bulbous tops. Yeah, like it's like this is people's like first rocket that they've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't look like a penis to me, but people can say what they want.
1: I I don't see that as a problem. Like it's it's a rocket. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever, dude. But you know, there's people that are like, oh, the, obviously the patriarchy has to make it after their manhood in order to. <laughs> oppress the other genders. I, the
0: funny thing is about th- about that is I've probably actually heard that. Well of course seriously. you've heard that.
1: Yeah. No. But that, that's ridiculous. You gotta get it to space somehow.
0: I want to ride to space. You wanna yeah. go to space measure? Mm, yeah, sure. How much would you pay to go to space? Well, I don't have any money right now. <laughs> so like five dollars, probably. Yeah, probably five dollars. Say you made, you know, your median what you anticipate, right? So like you have like a little bit of spending money. Okay. How much would you reasonably justify in the next 10 or so years to spend on a space ticket? Like a couple grand, couple 10 grand, a couple 100,000?
1: I think, oh, I honestly, like 50 grand. 50 grand for a suborbital or orbital hop? We're going to say suborbital. 50 grand for suborbital. I feel like that's justified, right? Well, hey. I wouldn't have 100 grand to spend. What I'll say is that
0: That's not far off of the current suborbital prices, so that's actually feasible for you to do. Like that's a realistic estimate right there. (laughs) That's a a lot of money,
2: but but okay. Would you rather? I think
0: personally, I would. If we're talking about suborbital and that's my only option, then I'll 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 call that. I'll match you there. Yeah. Realistically, in real life, I'm gonna skip suborbital and just hope for orbital prices to go down enough. Oh. Because suborbital is so fast; it's like ten minutes total. Yeah, but are you to right, Are we still doing the fifty grand price point? Or are, you, are you gonna try? To I would up pay that? more for orbital. How would you? How much? Eighty, one hundred, one hundred to two hundred. You'd pay two hundred grand. Yeah. How would you afford that? It would literally be like I'm putting myself in a bad financial situation
1: or just skipping to to a space. house
0: for this experience. Yeah.
1: So I said fifty grand because I know like I know people now who have bought things for fifty grand and they're like just gonna deal with it. So yeah. I'm like I could probably do that. Like for a, a truck. but s- yeah, They don't for like need like a car. And I'm like, I mean, like that's you know, that's cool, makes you happy. But like I feel like doing that for a space trip Going is to not space. gonna be discouraged. People are gonna be like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. The orbital thing, it's like it's the same thing. You just get to be in the fun part longer, right? So it's like, okay.
1: Here's here's what you do, here's what you do that's smart, right? Fifty grand, fifty grand. You save up maybe hundred grand and you get like married on the the um oh. suborbital thing. So now instead of paying for this really expensive wedding or and a honeymoon honeymoon. It's a space trip. Yeah, you, so you pay you slightly, slightly more, but
0: you kill two birds with you till, one stone. Kill two
1: birds with one stone. You you just really rocket those birds. And you birds. get a lot
0: of publicity from that. You get publicity. First people to be married in space. You,
1: there you go. You get the PR on it. You get some money from that. You're not gonna get any money from that.
0: Everybody's gonna hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've won up every proposal on earth. Yeah. Because you did it in space. Who's gonna be the first? You know like there's the Mile High Club? Oh. The, <laughs> the many Miles High yeah. Club. <laughs> <laughs> The or the Orbit Club, yeah, the Orbit, Orbit Club, High club, in Orbit Club. Who's gonna be the first person? This has has it person. already happened? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did Buzz Aldrin? <laughs> <laughs> did, did they have the first space gay sex? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe somebody's already entered the club. They've been up there for a while, you know. Yeah, get bored. A lot of time. Yeah, so I'm gonna spend a lot of months I up thought, there.
1: That's not where I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go like the first kid to be born in space. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a bad idea. That's gotta be bad, right? I don't know. So weightlessness maybe like it will help a little.
0: Also, pregnant like the whole giving birth thing takes takes like what up to twenty-four hours.
1: You could like tie a little cloth around the baby, and then yank just, like, him out. And like hold it like t- like tether it to something and just let the mom float around and then it'll like pull itself out. Like yeah. when you
0: pull out a tooth with a door. Yeah, yeah. Or a toaster. <laughs> you could close one of those
1: those space station doors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yank them right out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I don't know. And what, then you take is,
0: the baby's teeth away from <laughs> the door. <laughs> you take
1: you, so you you do that, but then there's another door connected to the baby's teeth, which yeah. babies aren't born. Oh, yeah, are they born with teeth? I don't even. Well, remember. they're
0: in there. They're, you got
1: to fish in there for. <laughs> you got to <laughs> yeah, reach you inside. You really, really go inside. So let's let's say um, you get to name the first space baby. What's the first space baby's name? Jorby. <laughs> <laughs> what. Uh, Alright. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there
1: you go. go. This is yeah. Jorby.
0: Mm. Jorby the first. Jar, space Jar, Walker. Jar, Jar. Um. George, <laughs> George George Or. George Jor. No space babies for you. No, that is a space baby. That's you know oh, did you hear about George Jetson? You know the Jetsons? Oh, I know
1: where you're going with this. Yeah, explain it.
0: Just just a couple weeks ago. We passed the day when George Jetson was supposed to be born.
1: Yeah, like canonically,
0: right? Yes. So like we are now living in the future where George Jetson is alive. Like this this sci- like the sci-fi cartoon that set way in the future of flying cars and everything. We now live then, just a couple years away from that. Yeah, like that means we're going to invent characters those. from that show exist. That would be like if oh, we're now at the date when like Jean-Luc Jean-Luc Picard is supposed to be born or like Kirk yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. right? Like we're now all of the things that were in the future movies have now are now in the past. Yeah, we were I know. talking about this recently. <laughs> That's really weird. Back to the Future Two happened. Blade Runner happened. Black Ops, Black Ops Two is about to happen. George Jetson is alive. We're nothing is in the future anymore.
1: Nothing is even yeah, and it's not even we've close only to what they got thought. Star
0: Trek left. <laughs> There's not much <laughs> else. Star Wars is already in the past from the get go. They kind of did a good thing there. That was smart. Yeah, right. They kind of explained away the fact it's never going to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, what else is there in the future that hasn't happened yet? Robocop, when was that set? I don't even know.
1: Well, you have Blade Runner 2049.
0: Oh yeah. So That's the next one. Right? That's the next one. It's right there. We got one more Blade Runner, but we're already behind schedule. For all of them. Yeah. We haven't come close on one. any of them. <laughs> even Black Ops 2, which was just really? just slightly more advanced current technology. I know. <laughs> They, We're still behind. They they set the bar really low. They're like, you guys can
1: meet this one. We didn't meet that one. The
0: only thing that they added that we have is Skrillex, and he's already old. They they are they flipped it. <laughs> they flipped it. <laughs> the we don't have everything, got- and
1: Skrillex is in the past. What if Skrillex makes a comeback?
0: But maybe that's what it was. Skrillex. Come back, save twenty twenty five. That's what's gonna happen. He's gonna drop this bomb ass album it's and gonna technology revitalize gonna, the industry. It's gonna
1: go up, man. We're gonna man, have man, dragon man. fire drones. Which we, we could make those pretty easily.
0: We're gonna have dragon fire drones. We're gonna have hunter killer drones. Hunter
1: killer drones. We're gonna have the VTOLS that actually use like you know air breathing engines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. We're gonna have yachts that are like kind of futuristic looking <laughs> and have battles on yeah. them. <laughs> We're gonna, we'll only have war on yachts. Yachts with oddly enough two separate apartments facing each, each other. On each side, yeah. That didn't odd make, yacht idea. Do yachts just have little apartments? I don't on think they do. I think it's kind of like you have your yacht, somebody else has their yacht. You don't, don't like uh, timeshare or like share a, a yacht. yacht.
1: <laughs> it's really to, weird. That would be really awkward. You buy. You have. It's so expensive that you need to buy it with another person, and they, they share live. your yacht. And like they, they had like their bedrooms. Like windows facing each other. Facing each other, so you wake up, you just
0: see your neighbor. And who's (laughs) deciding where this yacht is going? One person's like, "Oh, we're going to the Bahamas." The other person's like, "Wait, I want to go to Hawaii." Jacob, that's why they have the battles. (laughs) They're battling for where they take the yacht. So why would you put your bedroom right in front of the window? (laughs) I
1: know. Well, that was a great sniping point. That was a great sniping point. Yeah,
0: not great tactically though. No, no, you're right. Everything new was old. Sad times.
1: It's where it's it's just showing like we're not even meeting our um, goals in the future. Goals,
0: uh, yeah. What are those called? Benchmarks.
1: We're not not meeting our benchmarks. We're just we're we're falling behind as a society, and we're using our movies to justify what those benchmarks are. Yes,
0: we're we're ahead of schedule on some things. Like what? Global warming, (laughs) (laughs) for one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We've actually we've curbed overpopulation. That took care of itself. What do you mean? Well, there's there's been projections. It seems like we're actually gonna hover. Like we're gonna slow down and hover at basically ten billion and just stay there. Oh, we've, because we've as pop- countries population. become more developed, the birth rate drops, and it sort of balances itself out at a certain point where oh. we just hover and sort of fluctuate a little bit.
1: I'm pretty sure that there are studies that like back that kind of stuff up. Like populations will just reach yeah. a, a, a steady state, and then we so we don't have to worry. That's, worry that's about
0: That's how it, it. goes in, in natural environments. We're like a weird case because we control the environment, right? Right. But it's to, for us. It, so it basically, it went higher than it should, but it's still gonna sort of plateau.
1: Right, right. If well, if we you know if wars happen a little more, we can bring those numbers down. You can
0: bring it back down. Yeah, a
1: little bit. There's what was low.
0: the globe? It was like a couple hundred million people on planet. Or was it like that low when it was World War II? I don't remember. It was like a it very was something low population. Low. Yeah, like when our parents were born, we were like a billion or two people.
1: That's cr- okay. That too. That that puts things in perspective.
0: Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. That means there are billions of people younger than our parents. What are they? What are they doing?
1: Like, where are they? You know,
0: that's the India. question. India and China, right? In China, what are they doing? Just China's slowing out. down, though. They're they're becoming more developed, and their birth rates are dropping. They're just sitting around, man. Japan's ahead of everybody else. They're losing people every single day. I just they got actually more. a crisis. What, how over is there. that even a crisis? Just like fuck more. That's kind of a problem, though. Is like if if you don't have enough births. Like everybody's pandas. getting older and nobody's new, right? So you just have a society that can't work anymore because everybody's ancient. How does that society function? That's, that's a actually good that's a genuine concern that they have to deal with. They
1: got to get at it. They got to make more babies, more George
0: Wars. Yeah, they got to f- bump those numbers up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting to that point too in in the United States. We could just move people from India to Japan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> eradicating the,
0: the culture of Japan. No, <laughs>
2: this
0: is like every time we're like, oh, we just move that fish from here to this country, right? And then it eradicates it the local species.
1: Ecosystem, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do that all the time.
1: I, I remember we keep bringing stuff over to like America and then like it gets loose and then it kills yeah. a bunch
0: of things. And we're like, there's Whoops. a recent Tom Scott video about how there's a place in Chicago, sorry, no, in Illinois, just outside of Chicago, there's this river where they brought in this species of fish to curb some sort of local population, Yeah. but they end, it was like carp. And they ended up wiping out all of the other life in that entire lake. And there's one river that connects them to Lake Michigan, the massive lake you know, outside of Chicago, yeah. where there's t- tons of industrial fishing done. Like People rely on this lake. And then these fish are constantly trying to swim through that river to get there and if a couple of them make it out there it's over for all the local wildlife oh wildlife boy. um so they have this bottleneck cuz it's a man-made canal connecting these two lakes right and so they have a bottleneck where through that point they electrify the water to kill any fish that comes through wow but the thing is every once in a while they have to go down for maintenance so they have like a couple redundancy like they have like one electric generator another one right Jacob, but the I sad haven't... thing is like the coal, like the the electricity drops and every once in a while a fish can like swim underneath a boat as it goes through and the boat made out of metal absorbs mostly the electricity and the fish can survive. So if a couple of fish make it through on a week, it's like Jurassic Park. That's really like scary. you know how like he was testing the fence yeah. for weaknesses. Yeah. If it makes it through, it's over for the Lake Michigan. It's just gonna be carp for the rest of time. <laughs> I
1: hate that. I can think of two better solutions. Solution number one. Build a dam, just block it. Block the water. Stop all the water. Cut off
0: the canal. No more canal.
1: Which is more important, your lake or your people the problem, in the canal? Do you know
0: why they don't do that? Oh, because they use it for shipping, and you know they make money that way. Do
1: do the thing, the um water bender thing. You know, like you have two 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 dams. One opens, you let somebody in. You close it. You open the other. Like one. an airlock, but like, a waterlock. Yes, air wa- waterlock, but for fish, you keep the fish out. You're and right. You have a bunch of spearmen. On the on the each side, and they whale the fish. And they whale, they whale the fish. Anytime a fish sees it, boom, they take it out. Um, You have like a grate come up that's like smaller than the fish, and it goes up and it just lifts lifts anything. No, the boat's gone. You just lift anything in there. They die. What if they just like
0: they let the water in? Right. Oh wait, this doesn't work. I was going to say, I was going to make a joke that like they drain all of the water out. Yeah. Oh no, they do. They do. They do. do. They do and do it's that. like, it's like a, it's like a filter kind of shaped thing. It's like yeah. a V, an extruded V. And so it catches the boat on the metal and then the fish go down to the bottom of the V where there's a grinder and it yes. grinds them he up grinds and then up. they move the water back and yeah. lift the boat back make, up and send them on his way. Send it all. Make, make, exactly. make sushi, send it to the Japanese she, to have more children.
1: I'm just saying that's more, that's more solid than electrifying the water and hope. Hoping that you have enough electricity. It's actually
0: kind of a brilliant idea though. You know, like the boats are able to just make their way through and all the fish die every time they get there.
1: I don't like it. It's it's just fallible. That's a little more fallible than my dam system or my other idea where you just get another fish that eats the first fish. Creating an <laughs> even worse situation. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that idea. It's like, well, the the fish we ate used to eat other fish. Yeah. is eating too many fish, We're and just now they're immune to electricity because it's now, an electric eel. <laughs> it's an electric eel. Genius. Yep. This is a this is a small tangent. Um, there's these like I've heard of two locations where they had brought um, well, in one case it was dogs, and in the other case it was uh, bunnies to this location, mm-hmm. and they just mass reproduced. And there's just Tons of them. So there's like an Isle of Dogs, yeah, and there's an Isle of Bunnies, where there's one has stray dogs and the other one has just bunnies everywhere. No natural predators wiped out the area, and everyone's like, "An island full of bunnies? I want to go to the Island of Bunnies. They're all starving and diseased. It's not going to be a pretty place. It is the it's it's people think it's a bunny paradise. It's a bunny hell. You have to go there and watch them suffer.
0: They're all dying. Yeah, people because people forget that. Everything evolves to exist in a certain environment. A certain environment. Rabbits are happy when they can eat their celery, and they can you know live their life. Yeah, I don't even know with a little celery. bit of pushback, right? Yeah, but if they're just on their own, there's no utopia for rabbits. There's no there utopia isn't. for anybody. Oh. Once you have everything you need, everything falls apart.
1: Yeah, with specifically bunnies. The bunnies are so fragile. Oh yeah. Like there's so, there's some. There's, did you know there's a bacteria in in like just grass that can kill them?
0: Well, that's. Not great. If for them. you just
1: let them outside, they could just die. <laughs> like there's so much that kills them, which is why they reproduce so oh, much. Oh,
0: I wonder if that's the same one that kills human babies too. Oh, maybe. there's one I had to learn about for a job uh, for sanitary reasons. Right. There's just this. There it was like a, just a bacteria that's everywhere out in the world, and it kills babies if they ingest it. It's a scary idea. And we, we made baby food, so like it was very important to keep that out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't like that we just let that thing do it. It's like there's nothing to do about it. It's just around.
0: It's like the but, zombie virus from Walking Dead. Like, well, we all have it. We just yeah. got to watch out when we die. But it's it's like one of those things where like, oh, we eradicated it. Now rabbits are not dying because they're not being killed by the grass bacteria. And now rabbits kill everybody. Ah, it's I'm a rabbit world. Rabbits. It, it's a rabbit life.
1: I guess rabbits as like a mass pest would be problematic. Like imagine you're just like, oh, there's a hundred rabbits in... Everywhere. Anytime
0: and, something cute becomes overabundant, you just realize how dirty and shitty and they are. They are. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, just, you know, middle of the, middle of the roads, just have the V thing, catches the car,
0: <laughs> grinds the rabbits, <laughs> the baby. The bunnies go into the grinder. <sighs> it's awful. No, there's too many of them. But, but, so we're going to put that on the island for a test run.
1: So how many bunnies on an island would it take before you just start killing the bunnies? Cause you're like, uh, there's just so many of them. Cause you
0: like, well, you if like it's, If it's on an island, I don't really care. Oh, I'm not on the island. If I'm on the island, you're on the island. I need to survive. Yeah, I'm eating rabbit. You're eating rabbit. I have no for survival. And if there's so many of them, I'll probably hate them if That's I see I mean. them all the time. and They're disgusting. What's that number
1: though? Because if there's a hundred, you'll just deal with it.
0: 100 well, 100. it's it's a matter of density, right? Yeah, rather than number. An I know number. It's not, so like, it wouldn't take one much.
1: rabbit per person. If they're the dominant
0: species feet. there, I'm going to be eating a lot of rabbit. Right, they're going to be the easiest thing to get. You're right. It, it really just comes down to that. What it's about like, dog? Oh, that's harder. I know that's way harder. And I and I don't mean to make it sound like I hate rabbits or something, because I actually really like rabbits. Right, but it's just but in a survival situation, survival. It's harder to see dogs as food. I know. Oh, and the sounds they make are so horrible too. They
1: we must be like programmed to
0: like that sound. Both that and they evolved to make those sounds to make sounds that we like.
1: Yeah, sad. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. They make songs that we like, but when they're hurt, it like emotionally harms us. It
0: would take a lot of dogs. It
1: would, <laughs> it would take, take a, lot, take of a lot of dogs for Jacob to start eating dogs.
0: Well, no, that's not even true. It would take a lot of dogs for me to happily start doing it, right? Right. It would take me a couple of days of being hungry yeah. to start killing dogs. Start killing dogs. Unfortunately.
1: Well, that's just life. That's, that's just survival.
0: survival. I'm the same way with people. <laughs> <laughs> that was just funny to say. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. It was a fun time. We've got a lot of great stuff coming up for the next one. So. We've got a lot of
1: interesting things in our lives. Your lives are so much more boring in comparison to our lives. We're so much cooler. Watch out for bear traps.
0: We're hiding them.